So, Joel, welcome to the uh, the Hustle and Mudhouses podcast, mate. How are things today? Thanks, mate. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. No problem at all. No problem at all. So, Joel, for people who don't know who you are or what you do, could you just explain what you do um, and what your name is and, and where you're based? Sure, yeah. So, my name's Joel Cromoyson, uh, obviously just Joel, and we live in Bridgewater in Somerset, so about half an hour south of Bristol. Um, me and my partner, Emma, uh, she's my business partner as well as my missus, um, and we started up our business earlier this year um, with the initial intention of just replacing my income so I could quit my previous job and come home someday. Um, but once we got stuck into it, we realized that there was a much quicker path. Uh, to making that happen so that steered us down the route of rent to SA and that's where we've been concentrating our efforts now for these last few months is uh, and specifically for like contractor let and uh, professionals that sort of thing yeah brilliant okay and where and where is it you're doing that Joel is that where are you based so we're in Bridgewater um however we've got uh four units in Cardiff and one about to go live in Plymouth next month is already secured. Um, just got a bit of decorating to do, and then that's going live in Plymouth. So at the moment, the sort of southwest, um, but actually the immediate focus now is to try and pick something up in our local town in Bridgewater um, and give it a go ourselves here to give it a bit of a test run in the area and see how it performs. And then the intention there would then be to start sourcing our few in this area. Yeah, most definitely sounds good. So I noticed that a little nose at your website. Is that is that where you sort of get most of your business, or do you do a bit of outreach? Or yeah, so it's a bit, a bit, a bit of all of it, really. So obviously, the website is more of a splash page, a landing page, if you like, with a contact form. Um, it does look good, and it does explain quite succinctly to a landlord what it is we can offer. Um, but a lot of it, what we do is really just reaching out through social media. Um, and then in terms of booking, obviously, initially they'd come from your OTAs, like Airbnb and Booker.com. Uh, but then what we aim to do is try and strike up our own relationship with the contractor or the company and then try and progress that into direct bookings for the future. I see. Brilliant. So how did you get started then, Joel? Where did, where did your sort of journey start in property? Uh, so early this year, um, as I say, we took the decision to get into property. And at the time, our plan was to do a very simple buy to let, get some money back, buy to let, etc. You know, you're sort of very vanilla way of approaching property. But um, when we got stuck in with a mentor and some education earlier this year, obviously yeah. it opened up an entire plethora of different options. Um, and because of our personal circumstances, which for me was working away for six months a year, my job that I just quit, I was an engineer on a spoopy lot. Well, doing two months away, two months at home, uh, and all this kind of stuff. Um, and before that, I was in the Navy for 17 years. I worked on submarines for a long time. So 20 years all told of going away, and I kind of got sick of it. Um, so once we realized there was a way of accelerating our plans, we were all in. So um, we did a lot of digging into the rent to SA side of things. And I've got a really good friend, uh, Joe, who was on PPRs with me. He made this transition about a year before I did. He's doing really bloody well, and he's been an invaluable source of information and guidance. Um, he's acted like a mentor as well as a friend, really. So we've been quite fortunate. We've had quite a lot of people around us who have given us the help and the knowledge we need. Um, 
but it, it's gone well so far. I only quit the job in October. Um, so I've been at it full time for less than two months now. And as I say, we're, we're in the process of picking up our fifth unit. So it's going okay. That's an incredible journey. So that, that, that must have been um, a, a cool day job working on the, working on the ships. But like you say, it's, it's, it gets hard after a while, doesn't it, being away from family and, and, and friends and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, yeah, and it's um, it's not as glamorous as you might think. You might be on a nice hundred meter super yacht, but you're living in crew quarters. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, 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 amazing. So, um, so yeah, so what, what, so obviously you started with the, the sort of because you started with the sort of buy buying, just just vanilla vitalettes, and that kind of opened your mind up. You obviously got a mentor, which is absolutely massive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So for me, um we wouldn't even be a fraction of where we are right now without a mentor. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, I mean, my advice to anyone starting out would be get a mentor, but my advice that would go along, that would go along with that would also be to do a lot of due diligence, a lot of research. Um, cause obviously there's a lot of people out there offering a lot of the same stuff, but just look for the result. That's what I would say. Um, and make your choice that way. Um, but yeah, certainly without a mentor, I wouldn't have got anywhere near where we are today. So um, that would be the biggest bit of advice I could give anyone, I'd say. Um, moving away from a sort of vanilla buy to let, it would have taken us five to 10 years to get enough money back out to move on. And as I say, in two or three months, we've already got five units. So there's a huge difference there. You just need someone to help you guide, help guide you in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. And... I imagine where you are, Bridgewater down down south, sort of way. Great area. Is it? Is it? Is it quite bit? Are you quite busy with you? Obviously, you are. Are you quite busy with your uh, occupancy and stuff like that? Yeah. So um, take Plymouth for example. You've got the huge naval dockyard down there. So you've got lots of MOD contractors flying into the area. Not literally flying, but you know, passing through. BAE, Babcock, and all these kinds of companies. Um, Cardiff. You don't really say much about Cardiff. You know, you can rely on either contractors or if you're close enough to the city centre, you've got all your events going on throughout the year as well, which is really good for your weekend gaps. Um, and then where we are here in Bridgewater, we've got Hinkley Point Power Station, which you may have heard of. Um, it's in the process at the minute. They're building the third power station. And it's a project that's been going on here for a few decades already. Um, and that in itself brings tens of thousands of contractors through this area every year so yeah it is pretty busy to be honest um but that is another key element to it before you start out is obviously picking your gold gold mine area as they call it and making sure that the demand is there yeah yeah and one thing one thing i was going to ask when i was having a little look for your website um i was thinking does for you does the does the property or the client come first? So if you get a, say, if you get a lead for your website and it's someone who's looking for a guarantee of rent and they're happy to go up, yeah. Do you instantly know when you get this property? Okay. This is going to be perfect for tourists or this is going to be perfect for contractors. Do you know instantly? Well, I suppose walking back from that a little bit, when I choose the properties with the clients in mind, and I think that's key because you need to match the property to your target audience. So for example, there's no point in taking on a ridiculously luxurious apartment that you're going to put two or three contracts in because they're not going to meet the, the monthly rates or whatever they don't need it they don't want it so i think it's important that you identify your target market and as such identify the standard of property you require and then you look that way 
Um, although interestingly enough, I'm, I am, um, I've JV'd with someone recently, Joy mentioned with someone on a property in Cardiff and he's got units in Peterborough and he's just been approached by a company who's booked out one of his for 12 months who have said, have you got any more because we want another one for 18 months. So now we're on the hunt together to find a property for them. So that one's gone a little bit back to front, but only because of a specific request. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And that, that's, that's perfect, isn't it? I imagine that's the ideal situation, a big company coming to and we've got, you know, we need, uh, need it for 12 months, 18 months. Do you, does most of your business come from the portals, I imagine, or do you do, do you get a lot um, sort of direct to you, if you like, direct to the company? Yeah, so other than this one with the joint venture, everything has been coming through the normal book and platform so far. Um, obviously, we're quite early on in our venture, if you like, so we're still in the early stages of developing those relationships. Um, but what we are doing is in each property, leaving um, direct booking details so they can get in touch with us for the next time they require us. So hopefully we're going to you know, create quite an organic process where these current bookings turn into... Uh, direct booking as we go through. Yeah, definitely. One thing, one thing I was in, I, I'm, I don't know much about the service accommodation world at all, really. I have done it in the past with a flat that just worked well. Um, but I, I don't know, I don't know too much about it at all. But one thing I was going to ask, what are some of the problems? Because my initial thought is, this is probably because I had a flat, but my initial thought was, Oh God, what if in the lease it says this or it says this? What are some of the problems that you face when you know, when you're operating? Well, I think the the first problem is getting a landlord to agree. Mm. Um, because obviously a lot of people haven't heard of rent to rent. They don't necessarily associate that aspect, uh, rent to rent with something like serviced accommodation. Immediately people think subletting, and most people know that subletting is illegal. But of course, rent to rent is entirely legal. Um, so you've got to convince them of that in the first place. That, you know, that's your opening uh, statement, if you like, is trying to get through that barrier. Um, I would say beyond that, one of the things we try to negotiate is um, not paying a deposit or a month's rent up front. And again, that can create a little bit of a barrier. The reason we propose that is because we intend to maintain the property ourselves. We're gonna do regular cleaning and inspections. Um, we're not subject to a normal AST, therefore we can be kicked out if we miss the payment, for example. Um, so it just makes us a much better option for the landlord. But equally, if we were to pay all that out front, it freezes a load of capital that we can no longer use. Whether that was to be you know, a deposit for another apartment or furnishing the one we've just taken on, for example. Um, but we do get some resistance from that from some landlords because, of, of course, from their point of view, what they're used to is receiving a deposit in a month rent. So there's a bit of negotiation, a bit of negotiating, a bit of compromising to be done there. Um, but yeah, I would say so far overall, it's all the no's. There's lots and lots of no's before you get a yes. So you just have to be very persistent with it. Yeah. And how, how have you been about getting, have you got many letting agents on board? Um well, you should ask, actually, um, I've just started a conversation with a local independent guy today. Um, up to now, I've been doing it all as direct to vendor, just using Gumtree and OpenRent. So, I mean, that's been relatively successful. I've got some units out of it, but if you look at the numbers, you you have got to be prepared for a few no's and you've got to keep driving through. Yeah, yeah. I think once you get an agent on board as well, it comes with a bit more 
a bit more weight, doesn't it? And and it's hard. It can be hard sometimes for yourself to, um, like you say, if you're trying to negotiate no deposit and stuff like that, and they're already a bit okay. Is this is this what what is this sort of thing? But when it comes from a letter yeah. agent and, and and say you know they're a trusted letter agent and they've been dealing with them for a while, um, it, yeah, it just comes with a little bit more weight if they know them. But yeah. I know you do some refurbishments on on some of the properties as well. How how far do you go with that? If if say the property is in okay condition, do you sort of where? How far do you go with the refurbishments? So so far, we aim for as close to turnkey as possible, um, just because it's so much quicker and easier, and there's less upfront expense. Of course, what we would look at taking on would be. Um, decorate and soft furnishings really um, it wouldn't get too much more than that so for example I wouldn't be ripping out a kitchen or a bathroom yeah. um, the only way I'd get involved with something like that was whether this uh, you know that particular rent to rent agreement had the potential to turn into a lease option for example um, you know that you've got the potential to get that money back in three five years whether you agree with the landlord slash vendor but generally speaking just in with a lack of paint some nice pictures, some nice colourful cushions, and just something to really make it stand out, to be honest. Yeah, because you see some people and, uh, on the rent rent, especially with the HMOs, um, I know you're obviously doing essay, but a lot of them are putting on suites in rooms and stuff like that, and it can be quite scary, can't it? If, the, if that vendor yeah. or landlord, should I say, wants that property back, you're in a bit of a, you're in a bit of an awkward, an awkward situation. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... Is is it just, so? Obviously, you've got the vanilla buy to let and the and the rent to rent. The rent to rent. I was going to ask. I imagine you've got five. So, are any of the landlords sort of repeat customers, if you like? Uh, at the moment, no. They're all there's five separate uh, landlords, but one of them is a block of three flats, and um, I'm lined up to take the other two off him over these next few months. Because um, he lives in the bottom one in Delft, he's moving out. And then there's the top one with a tenant who's due to move out, and I think February or something like that. So I will then have a nice block of three, which would be really good for the bookings. Brilliant. And I don't want to, um, I don't want to give some of your, your your secret sources away. But how? What is the best way for you personally that you you tend to get landlords? I noticed you mentioned Gumtree. Uh, yeah. Is that one of the best ways? Would you say for you personally where you are? Open rent has been the most fruitful for me so far. Um, I've tried Facebook, but there's a lot of scams on there. Mm. Um, you know, people just trying to send you a random email address that things you respond to the advert. Open rent's been the the best one for me. Um, and I tend to just open with a nice, friendly message, commenting, complimenting the property, um, and just try and open it up slowly like that, rather than going straight in with a "Hi, there's a corporate let. What do you think?" sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and um. That's interesting. That's really interesting. So what, what's been your favorite deal so far then from the rent to rent, would you say? Um, I would probably say actually the, the flat I just mentioned that's in a block of three, um, out of the ones I've taken on, that one required the most work. So there was a bit of painting involved, a bit of decorating, that's by a fair bit of furniture, uh, get it staged and all that kind of stuff. And it was the first time I'd done that. So. Um, I was running around Cardiff, it was about an hour and a half for me, like a blue-ass fly all day, realising I'd forgotten this, so I needed to get that. Um, so it was a good learning experience, and the end result is, you know, it looked cracking, to be fair, and it was great in the pictures, and it went straight into a booking. So for me, that was the most sort of obvious result I've had. 
yeah. um, in terms of turning it around and then renting it out. So yeah, I'd probably say that one for me. Yeah. So do you, do you know as soon as you get the as soon as you get the property that this one's going to sort of bank sort of thing? You know that it's going to be it's going to be the one. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I guess it's all like I say. It's all to do with the standard and the location. As long as you're hitting those criteria for your target market. Um, and then you can put a few cushions and pictures in it and it makes the pictures look unreal. I mean, there's lots of tricks to the trade with your listings as well to keep yourself at the top of the listing and all this kind of thing. But yeah, definitely. You can walk in a place and go, the one I'm taking on in Plymouth, for example, is a penthouse, uh, recently refurbished, but it's bare. But I know for a fact, when I put a few things in there, it's going to be absolutely gleaming. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. A penthouse, I can imagine that doing, doing very, very well. So what... Um... What are some of the occupancy rates then that you, you, you sort of get in at the moment? It's, it's... Uh, again, quite early days for us. Um, so, you know, I, I can't really give you like an average yeah. over the year, for example. Um, what I could tell you though is, for example, um, three of them are booked up until Christmas. What? One's got a two-week booking at the moment. And then the one with the two-week booking is just taking a 28-day booking for January as well. So we're doing all right considering the early days um and in terms of occupancy rates we've said it, we we're quite careful what we take on so we know for a fact that each one of these will break even at less than 50 percent and that at 100 percent it will be 1200 pound plus net profit wow so anything in between is a nice little earner yeah happy day so how how what was what was going to ask how hands-on slash hands-off are these are these deals would you say pretty hands-off to be honest um once you get the systems in place and i'm still learning all this myself um once you've got the systems in place you you can be you can be running this from the other side of the world um and i know someone who's doing just that right now he's in australia for 12 months so you you really can be completely hands-off it's just getting yourself to that level of automation i would say yeah, it takes a bit of time, a bit of practice. So, best ways from from your experience then to ma- to manage it is sort of ch- uh, a manager. Is a manager and a channel manager the the same same thing? Is it or or not? And uh, your your channel manager is more to do with your bookings, um, but your your manager would be um, a physical person on the ground who have a portfolio of properties that they manage and they will physically be the boots on the ground. So they will go around and check on defects or they'll organize the cleaners or the linen change or whatever it might be. Um, but that will cost you a minimum of 15% a month. Mm. So it does eat into your profits. I've got a bit of a mixture, self-managed and managed for that very reason. One, helping myself into the industry by allowing someone to manage it um, because that is hands-off for me while I get stuck in. Um, but once you take a mind to manage yourself, once you get to know an area, all you really need is like a handyman, a cleaner, and some linen. Um, and generally between those three, they can provide everything you need at your apartment or your house, whatever it is you're renting out. So if you can establish a good relationship with them, you're, you're flying. Um, what I did in Plymouth, with it being a single unit that I have down there, I just reached out to other SA companies in the area who were also doing corporate lets. And I could see from their website, their Facebook, they were doing quite well down there. Um, and I've been able to get recommendations for people like that from them. So I know the old saying that was it your network is your net worth, but 
like in this case it has actually really paid dividends just reaching out with a little email got me back um everything i need basically to take this this one forward so yeah so yeah because obviously when it is a rental essay you you to break even it could be quite high so adding another is it 15 percent? would you say is that is that the sort of 15%, I would say, is probably about average, yeah, for management, yeah. For the work, for the work again, from the outside looking in, from the work they do, 15% is quite, seems quite good, really. Um, yeah. Because on a single, like, you could be looking at 10 sometimes. So, you know, for, like, like I said, from when I was running, I, I only ran it for a short time. We had a, a sort of accommodation uh, here where we are. It didn't do, didn't do very well. We got a couple of long bookings, and that made it work amazing. But where we are, it, we didn't, we didn't really get many long term bookings. But I didn't even know about managers at the time, so we were going in doing doing the cleaning, and it was a it was a graft. It was it was a yeah 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 uh-huh. full time. So it was it was a real a real graft. Um, so the the single the single vanilla bytelets that you have are they local? To oh, you, I used to have. I um. Oh. I actually, I had the one again down in Plymouth uh, as where I spent most of my life growing up, doing my career in the Navy and that sort of thing. Um, but I sold that to uh, free up the cash to buy the house I'm in now, but also to get started in this property venture. Um, so that was about 90 miles down the road, which is another reason to get rid of it at the time, to be honest. Yeah. Brilliant. And what are your, what are your sort of goals for the future then, Joel? So concentrating right now on scaling the rent to say business because obviously I've been giving up my bloody job. I need some money coming in. So that's the immediate focus. And that's going to take us through to, I don't know, first, second queue next year, I would say. We're concentrating on that. Um, but in the background, we're also now looking at building up a list of investors because um, I'd like to start trying to sell on some of the rent to SA deals that either don't work for us or we just don't have the capital available at the time. Mm-hmm. Um but beyond that, the long-term goal is to start purchasing stuff. So that's the other reason we're starting to build up a few investors. We'd like to start buying a few bits and pieces, um, always with the same exit of service accommodation, whether it be a you know a flip, a BRR, or a turnkey. But we'd like to start purchasing assets that work as SA, um, and with the sort of medium-term goal of getting Emma in a position with the missus where she can give up her job and come work for me as, or work with me, I should say, as well, mm. on a full-time basis. So we really do get all those sort of cliche things of, you know, financial freedom and all your time back and all that kind of thing. That is the aim, like, for sure. Yeah. And do you and um, your partner now have sort of dedicated roles within the business? Are you sort of finding the deals and she's, is, is, is that how it sort of works? I'll see at the minute because she's working full time. I'm running with the the main aspects of all of it, really. Um, however, evenings or weekends, she'll come with me to the viewing. She'll come and help me kick the places out. She does um, Zoom calls me when we're on a call with a mentor, for example. So she's as fully clued in and involved as she can possibly can be. It's just a bit of time, really. Um, so it is definitely a joint business. It's just at the moment, due to time, I'm doing most of the legwork, if you like. Yeah, well, at least you're getting a little two for one on the um, on the mentorship there. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, mate. Yeah, and to be fair though, she's got um, quite a big background in estate agency. So um, once we can get going with the BRRs and stuff like that, she's going to be absolutely key to us succeeding around here. I'm sure of it. Brilliant. Is that what she does now? Is she still in the estate agency world? Or no, she left that a couple of years ago. Actually, she works um, 
for EDF at the power station as an executive PA, um, which is nice because we've got direct access to people who need to come and stay in our places once we get somewhere out there. So, happy, yeah. That's happy days. That does you the uh, few favours there. Um, I hope so. Spot on. Great. So, yeah, back to back to sort of plans for the future then, Joel. is obviously you're looking to grow this business. Is your plan is to say, stay sort of where you are, Bridgewater, Plymouth, around the sort of southwest area? I think once we get a good foothold in each of the areas we're currently in, I think um, there'll be plenty there to keep us going um, for many years at least. From what I've seen, Bridgewater, there's not much external investment. And I don't ever seem to see Plymouth mentioned that much either on any of the forums and groups that I'm in. So I feel like there's a bit of an untapped market almost. Um, so I think we'll be okay there. But in the long term, I'd love to buy somewhere at board. Why not get a timeshare somewhere? Um, yeah, let's move to Dubai or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, I suppose that's the thing with this, because I've always worked for somebody. I've always worked you know, in the Navy, I was working for the Queen and then on the last job I was working for the billionaires on their yacht. Whereas now we work for ourselves. You can dream as big as you like. And within this industry, you really can go as far as you want. It's, I know it's cliche, but to be honest, the only restriction is yourself, to be fair. It really is. It really is. And is that is that the is that the plan? Do you think do you think you'd move move from England and, and live potentially in Dubai or what do you think? Well, to be honest, maybe not Dubai. But I do have a genuine desire to go live in Cyprus um, because I lived there as a kid and I'd love to go back there um, for a couple of years. Maybe not even as a permanent thing, but just go out there for a couple of years and get to see all that again. Um, it's always been a dream of mine to work to live abroad. I've worked abroad most of my life. I do love it. Um, that said, this is the first time I've been home now properly for 20 years. So I'm not in any massive rush like yeah, I'm the same. I'd love, I'd absolutely love to live abroad. And, and that Cyprus is a nice place, isn't it? Is, did you live sort of Paphos way or? We were at the other end, down near Larnaca, Ayanapa, that sort of end. Yeah. And it's constantly hot there, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. Is. yeah. And in the winter, you can go skiing in the morning and be on the beach in the afternoon. Like it's that kind of place. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Happy One day. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Happy days. So, where would be if anyone is looking to potentially, like you said, mentioned you're looking for investors and stuff like that, and then mm -hmm. is looking to invest or or just connect with you, where is the best place to potentially find you, John? So I've been putting out a lot of contact uh, content, I should say, on my Facebook and my Instagram. So um, there's a lot there that explains what we do, what we're about, who we are. That could be a good place to start. And then beyond that, especially if you're a landlord, our website is a good place to see an explanation of the services we can provide. Um, that would also explain quite well to an investor, I think, in rent to SA what we do and how it would work for them. Um, because I genuinely do think this is the best entry-level investment in the property there is. And it's probably also the best possible solution to a landlord. So it is a good place to start. I do think that. Yeah, most definitely. That's great. And one thing that has just popped into my head quickly is... Um... Are you finding it, obviously, I don't know how it is sort of where you want our Bridgewater way, but the rental market where we are is absolutely nuts. You still, even though the sales market's quite tricky, the rental market still has 10 people queuing up outside, stuff like that. Are you finding it like that where you are? And if so, how are you sort of coping with that, trying to, you know, get landlords involved? Is it, is it, is it a bit more of a struggle? 
again, I think that probably comes down to the numbers game, especially when I've been doing it direct to vendor, because landlords are fully aware they can get a normal tenant very easily. And to that, and to that, you know, to them, that seems like the easier, the better solution. So I was trying to convince them that it isn't. So yeah, it could definitely have an impact. I think going back to the conversation about getting them all of an agency, that could really help because as you said earlier, you know, the, the vendor, the landlord, um, is going to be remaining with their trusted agency and the agency is effectively doing tenancy checks by onboarding you as the tenant. So it streams like, streamlines the entire process and potentially means there's a much quicker turnaround for letting that benefit the landlord and the agency. And that's the angle I'm hoping to come in on, try and get those bookings before they're put out to the general public. Yeah, most definitely. And just another question that popped into my mind. I know, I don't, yeah. I don't know if you said you've done anything through, um, sort of an estate uh, an agency if you like, but do they tend to get, how often is it that they get them managed? Do you know, cause obviously you're providing the guaranteed rent. So I can't imagine that being often, but does that ever happen? They get them managed by the letting agents or. Oh, as in the rent to SA operator? As in the letting it, as in the, uh, the landlord. So if the landlord has met, obviously it's hard for you to say because you do a lot of direct to vendor, which is great, but it'd be interesting to know if the, the landlord still gets it managed by the um, the letting agency, if that makes sense. So, yeah, to be honest, this is something I've only been digging into very recently myself um, yeah. because I was always sort of a bit confused how you convince an agent to let you take a rental from them. Now, the, the way it's going to work effectively is that the agent is still going to get their 10% management fee from the rent um, that's being paid to the landlord. So the agent still gets his money and the landlord still gets his money. But the agent realistically needs to do a lot less work for it. As I say, you know, he's only got one board he wants. He hasn't got to go out doing tenancy fines, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the agent, it, it works out to be a much simpler way of operating. Um, so I've forgotten the question now. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's perfect. That leads me on to the, net, the, the sort of next question is it's a win-win-win, isn't it, for, all, for, for everyone involved. If they're still getting their 10%. Yeah. And it's still going to be, um, it's That's what I was saying. Yeah. So the, so effectively the landlord's going to end up with a property that's almost double managed because the letting agent is still going to maintain their end of the bargain. They're still being paid 10% to do inspections and do all this kind of stuff. They'll just have to do less because we'll be doing that much more for them. That's brilliant. That's happy days. And, and that's like you say, how you create a win-win-win, isn't it? For everyone involved. So. Brilliant. Well, Joel, like you say, you bet the best place to find you is sort of Facebook, Instagram, and I'll put I'll put all that in the show notes and your and your website. Um, no problem at all. It's been it's been great to have you on. Um, I think you, you're clearly smashing it. You, you you haven't been doing it long, and you've already got five. And I can't imagine what next year sort of got got for you. Um, fingers crossed, mate. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll absolutely smash it. But thank you for thank you for coming on. It's been great. And um, we should catch up soon and, and get you on again next year and see where, where you're at with things. Yeah, nice one, mate. Thanks for having me. First time I've done a podcast. It was great to have to be on board. So, yeah. And, yeah, let's do an update next year for sure. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Joel. I appreciate you coming on, mate. All right. Thanks very much, mate. I'll speak to you soon.